basically like like the categories that it's a huge toss up in the bottom half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome everybody to another episode of the Music City Drive-In brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host Ricky Valera. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with my partner here Jacob, we're going to give our final 2021 Oscar nomination predictions today on the big 6, the supporting roles, the lead actor and actress director and best picture as always i'm joined by my partner here jacob how are you today man uh, i'm doing good it's nice and sunny we're recording a lot earlier than usual um but yeah i'm doing good i'm just excited for i guess next monday it's pretty crazy that we have finally gotten to this moment right it, it's it's been the ever longest you know, award season in mm-hmm. the history of man. You know what I mean? Obviously, we technically started off, you know, last January, bringing it all the way. 15 months later, we're finally getting the nominations. And I would say that there's some clear trajectories on a lot of different things. But the, the six that we're going to talk about, I feel like, you know, there's a strong possibility. And we'll talk about the lead actors later. But we got a strong possibility Chadwick's probably got that on lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that the director and picture could still be a little bit of a, a little bit of a toss up and supporting actress is kind of thrown for a complete loop. And I feel like this is the first year where there's not as much concrete, you know what I mean? Cause even last year, I mean, I, I, you know, best picture going to parasite was a little bit of a surprise, like 1970, it was down to those two. But I really feel like best pictures down to probably three, maybe four, you know, but I think a couple of these categories are like that. So what Jacob and I are going to do today is we're going to give our five, our final five for each of these categories. And then we're going to give one hope and prayer that we know is not going to happen, but we wish that the Academy would recognize. Um, Jacob, I'm going to let you start off with the best supporting actors. Give me your final five and then your one wish. That's what we'll okay. One wish. <laughs> um. So my final five, um, and it's like Ricky said, you know, supporting actress has gotten thrown for an entire loop. I have, uh, as of right now, I've got Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman. I think Amanda Seyfried still gets in. I think Yunya Jung is in. And I, th- I feel like I'm in the minority on this, but I do still think Maria Bakalova is going to get in um, for supporting actress. I just think... I understand what people are saying, you know, when it's not, um, you know, it's not like a very Oscar-y type role. Um, I personally think like that performance is just as hard, if not harder than everything else, just because of, you know, having to do everything in the moment like that. Um, But I think, I think she just has so much spread out over the entire season, whereas someone like Jodie Foster, um, I feel like they started gaining momentum, maybe a little bit too late. Um, of course, you know, you got critics choice awards tonight. A, you know, she wins tonight. Uh, she's probably likely going to be BAFTA nominated. Um, I think she still has a lot of chances to really start building her momentum to where I don't think she's fully tapered off just yet. Um, so she is my five. And then who's your one wish? My one wish, um, my one wish would be Dominique Fishback for Judas and the Black Messiah. I I think everyone's giving uh, all the praise to Daniel Kaluuya, which 
rightfully deserved. He was amazing. I think Dominique Fishback was just as good. And I think Dominique Fishback's character and her performance was the only thing that could really kind of bring Kaluuya back to life, make him, you know, human rather than the Messiah figure he was played out to be, which, you know, I, I know like that's what he was. He was that kind of overarching hero. Um, but I feel like Dominique Fishback could really bring him back to life. And that's the parts where uh, he could get real and he could get like emotional. And he was able to kind of reflect on how it's affecting him rather than, you know, having to be that rah-rah guy all the time. And mm-hmm. I think she was absolutely brilliant. And I think she should be in the conversation. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, my five are almost identical, except for that last one. I, I do have Baka, uh, Bakava on the way out, but Coleman, Close, Seafried, uh, Yu Young Jung, and uh, my fifth is I, I think it's going to be Jodie Foster. I, I, for me, I've seen the film and I, I just don't see it, but the name is there, the name values there, and I feel like it's an easy slight to Maria just just because it's easy to slide her into that spot. And I, to be honest with you. You know, I'm not as high on the train on the back of a performance. Now, don't get me wrong. It's it's very good. But I don't hate the idea of it being in just because mm-hmm. that type of film getting nomination is is hard to come by in the Academy. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. whenever I felt like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen first debuted at Borat, I wouldn't have hated him getting a nomination because mm-hmm. of the outlandish craziness of it. But how real it was, right? You I mean, the, the writing for the first one got a nomination. Well, yeah, I know the writing did, yeah. And so, well, it's just saying, like, they have recognized that kind of, like, you know, hidden camera type of uh, type yeah. of film. And it always seems like, it seems like supporting actress is where comedy usually ends up, mm-hmm. if it does end up in the Oscars. And so that's why I still think she has, you know, I think she is sliding, especially with that huge loss. Um but knowing that she's likely going to be nominated, 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 if Foster doesn't get nominated, um, and I know I'm taking you off from doing your one wish, but uh, one person who I think still has a chance, even though they've been very, very quiet, is um, Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, I think you know, I think if they do go with someone who's not, if they do, if they do want to go someone who's not Maria Bakalova, um, and they do kind of want to push that comedic performance to the side. I think Ellen Burstyn is a well-known name in the performance is great. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. And, uh, you know, just that monologue she gave, I think that's someone who they could just kind of slide right in. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the age plays a factor in Helena's angle not getting in. You know what I mean? I, I just, they, they hate kids at the Oscars for some reason. Yep. Um, for me, my one wish, I almost went two different ways here because I was going to go Olivia Cook here, but I think that she has a very minute chance. So I feel like she's in the hunt compared to like one person that I don't think stands a chance. And that's Leslie Manville from let him go. I thought she was brilliant in this film. Like, I feel like this is one of those films that's going to be under the radar for years to come, but she played probably one of the best villains villains of 2020. Like her performance is ruthless. It's aggressive. And it's just, you know, it's everything that you would want out of this performance. And, it blew my mind. Like this film, I expected let him go to be terrible. <laughs> like I did. I just, you know what I mean? Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, you have Kevin or Co- Kevin Costner, Diane Lane, who are both phenomenal actors, but th- it's not exactly like Kevin and Costner's out here putting out gems every single year anymore. But for me, let him go was a surprise hit smash for me last year. And I just love, love, loved her performance in that one. So 
I know it's my one wish, though I do wish Olivia Coleman, I mean, uh, Olivia Cook would get a little bit of love. Um, so transitioning over to supporting actor, and I'll, I'll start off this one. Um, obviously, a Sasha Barra Cohen, Leslie Odom Jr., Daniel Kalua. I feel like that's a, that's a strong three. Um, I've got Bill Murray getting in. I just, it's Bill Murray, I feel like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the, my fifth slot is where I struggled, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't believe the Bozeman double nomination thing. I, I just, I don't. But what he's up against, really, it's like, what are they going to put in? I, I Don't get me wrong, Paul Racy would be my slam dunk here. I just don't think he's going to get in. I don't, I really wish he would. But for me, it's like by default. And if you look at kind of like some of the list across the boards, you you come down to it's what Jarrett Leto, <laughs> like you know what I mean. So you have Jarrett Leto, or you have an opportunity to double nominate Bozeman. I really feel like that's where it goes. I I I have to go Bozeman just because this is a prediction. This is not my feelings, you know what I mean. But I don't know, man. I I just I'm not I'm not for it. So so my. My thing is, and of course we'll get to actor later. Do you think Bozeman gets in and Lindo doesn't? I don't think that's possible, right? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So I feel like if 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 the Five Bloods is going to get picture, maybe Lee sneaks into director, whatever they ha- however it kind of unfolds, that's telling to what. So I feel like okay. So I feel like if we don't hear Bozeman in supporting actor, I don't think we see Lindo in actor, right? Mm-hmm. I think they kind—I don't know—I think they go hand in hand, and if if one's not because supporting actors strong in some senses, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's really the top three and everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. It's really o- Odom, Kalua, and Cohen. Like I really feel like obviously it's down to Kalua or Cohen who's going to win the Oscar, right? But. I mean, and Odom should be up there, but he's not really won anything. But he's he's still up there, right? He's still that sh- shoe in, right? You know what I mean? I think if the Five Bloods gets this ninth wind that I think a lot of people are expecting, obviously you have Bozeman, you have Lindo, you have a lot of different aspects. You might even have score. You might have a lot of different factors that come in and, and, and the Five Bloods maybe sneaks in five or six nominations. But for me, I think maybe Bozeman sneaks in just because... It's Bozeman and it's maybe what Bozeman down to down to Chadwick, Paul or Leto, right? You know what I mean? That to me in my head would be fighting for that fifth slot. Personally, Racy belongs there just because of that final dialogue that he has. I think it was powerful. And I'm not saying Bozeman wasn't great in the Defy Bloods. I'm not a Defy Bloods guy and I understand that's it's whatever, but I don't hate him being double nominated. It is what it is, but I feel like Racy's more deserving. I would love to see Leto get in because I want to watch the world burn. <laughs> but um, and then of course my one wish, um, my one wish is completely off the rails. It's been my one wish forever. Jacob probably already knows where I'm going with this, but Bill Burr, the King of Staten Island. It's I I rewatched this film very recently, and I under I don't understand how. The Golden Globes didn't eat this film alive. I really, really, really don't. It's they they should have they should have started pushing uh Bill Burr and um Pete Davidson in lead. Yeah. Because Bill, Bill Burr would never would have gotten in in um supporting. I don't know where the I don't know where the push was for it at all, but 
I just feel like it could have been in for comedy and musical. Like that should have been in there instead of music. (laughs) Exactly. You know what I mean? I don't feel like they pushed it. And I feel like they slid it in here and there. Like whenever you would log in to go watch a screener, King of Staten Island just popped up in there. Did you get a, did you get an email and say, Hey, this, this, and this, or this, this, and this? No. Like, and you never saw Burr. You never saw Pete Davidson. You never saw anybody talking about the film in any sort of aspect to even, like I said, I don't think it's, it would have never been an Oscar play. Never in a million years. But you can't tell me, in my personal opinion, Pete Davidson should have been nominated amongst the five, period. First off, Hamilton shouldn't even been in the conversation, but it should have been there. You know what I mean? Burr probably wouldn't have been in the nomination for supporting actor, and that's fine. But at least put his their faces out there to be in the forefront because I really feel like it, it was Bill Burr. I, Bill probably Burr would never probably give another performance as good as that one. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll shock us all. But I think, I, mean, I think he's starting an upswing, especially I, with I, this and um, especially with this and uh, fucking Mandalorian. Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was, a, it blew my, I haven't watched the Mandalorian. I heard he's good on it, but it, it kind of blows my mind. So for me personally, that's my one wish. It'll never happen. I'm completely okay with it. But if if anything that you take out of this conversation, watch The King of Staten Island. It's a fantastic film. So, all right. So, so I so I completely forgot who was distri- uh, distributing The King of Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how shitty of a year Universal has had on the award circuit? Yeah, because they have trolls, right? It, they I have trolls, trolls, Croods, News of the World, Invisible Man, and King of Staten Island. Yeah. I mean, like, I know you don't love Invisible Man. Invisible Man should have at least shortlisted in some of the uh, in some of the categories. News of the World. I mean, that that's getting in based on Paul Greengrass and <laughs> Tom Hanks alone. Like, Universal has done little to absolutely nothing this entire year, and it's it's a shame for you know, especially for the King of Staten Island. Um, so, going with my five, like you said, I think the three locks are Kaluuya, Sasha Baron Cohen, and Leslie Odom uh, Jr. I think it is between Daniel Kaluuya and Sasha Baron Cohen. I think Leslie Odom Jr. is one of those locks that we know is going to be in, but kind of knows that, like, okay, you're probably not going to get this. Um, then, it's like you said, the next two are so up in the air. I... Right now, I do have Chadwick Boseman and Bill Murray. Um, but I think especially, you know, I think tonight's going to have a big a big play on it. I think if if Del Rolindo wins Best Actor tonight, I kind of feel a little bit more confident about Chadwick Boseman getting in for the Five Bloods. If Paul Racy wins Supporting Actor tonight, that could be a little bit of steam that he needs to push himself back into the conversation. Uh, which, you know, the critics choice, they, I feel like a lot of the time they try to, they try to kind of predict the Oscars and it would be yeah. cool to kind of get, have them be like, Hey, like we know as a collective whole, like we need to, you know, of course, like they don't get together and do this, but it would be cool if some of them were like, Hey, like Paul Racy gave one of the best performances of the year. Let's try to get him this win to kind of kickstart his campaign back up. Yeah. Um, other than that, I I could see Mark Rylance pulling a um, pulling a Jonah Hill from Wolf of Wall Street, where Jonah Hill picked up I think two 
small critic supporting actor nominations and then got the Oscar. The Academy uh, does love him, so Mark Rylance. So mm-hmm. they gave yeah, him an they, Oscar that he didn't deserve. So the Academy loves Mark Rylance and they love I feel like they're gonna love uh Trial of Chicago Seven. And I could see Mark Rylance being a throw in. Cause for me, Bill Murray, Bill Murray, I think should be in in this conversation, but I don't think he, and of course it's a different year, but the campaign hasn't been there. No, the movie, no, no. truthfully for me, was a little underwhelming. I thought Bill Murray was fantastic, um, but the movie as a whole was just a little underwhelming. And I feel like when people assumed Bill Murray was going to get in, that's when On the Rocks was a screenplay lock, a picture nominee, a director nominee, you know, it, across the board. And now it's hoping to get um bill murray in there um like you said paul racy uh jared leto i hate it but i think he's there um stanley tucci even you know if they like him enough that could be someone they kind of throw in there so i think i think like you said i think the top three are all locks and i think the bottom two are the ones that are could seriously go off the walls yeah it's it's, i think it's of the it's probably down to those four with maybe I think of of any category that we could be like, oh my god, that person's a nominated. This could be the category for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like exactly a random supporting actor from a film that's not even being mentioned would be like ideal here to just see. And the, that's the thing for me. Uh, Jared Leto picked up SAG and Golden Globe nominations, and I still think Mark Rylance probably has a better shot of getting in than Jared Leto. Yeah, um, so just because of, just because of Mark Rylance being Mark Rylance, and just because of uh, Trial of Chicago Seven being the movie that it is. Um, but one yeah, wish, it, one wish. <laughs> um, I, almost went, I almost went Bo Burnham, but <laughs> actually, you know what? Funny enough, I was thinking between two people, um, and I'm going to say them both because we're the only two on the show, and we can do what we want. Uh, mine is going to be Bo Burnham for one, mm. and then my second one's actually going to be Yahya Abdul Mateen the second for uh, Charlie Chicago Seven. Um, I think they both gave very good performances. Um, of the two, I think it would be so cool to see Bo Burnham get in uh, for supporting actor. If Bo Burnham got in for supporting actor, I would immediately, without a doubt, think that Promising Young Woman was a top two selection for Best Picture. I think uh, that would be like a huge upswing for that film. But yeah, Bo Burnham and Yahya Abdul-Mateen, I think they both should be talked about a little bit more and they're not being talked about enough. All right, like we do all the time, we're going to transition over to the best director category. And Jacob, I'll let you kind of kick this one, this crazy wild ride. We have, I think, two locks and the rest are just, Mm -hmm. all right, what's the deal? Yeah, so for me, I've got David Fincher, Chloe Zhao, I have Aaron Sorkin, uh, Regina King, and Emerald Fennell. Those are my five at this second. And it's like you said, those bottom three, I think, are all people who are like – I could see any of them missing. I could see all three of them missing. You know, I feel like – I don't feel like any of them are actual locks. You know, of the five, I do. I personally think Emerald Fennell should probably win. I think she did the best directing job of the entire year. Um, and it's the same as supporting actor. I think this is between Chloe Zhao and David Fincher. 
I get people hopping off the David Fincher train, but I'm just saying, you know, it's it's a lot harder. It's the I think, Academy. This is the perfect year to give him mm, the that Oscar. Right. It's a lot harder, I think, for people to see a full sweep of director. I mean, he, it, I I say this all the time, and I go back to it. Look at what Tom Hooper did to David Fincher back in 2010. I mean, David Fincher swept everything. I think Tom Hooper was nominated for a total of like 13 um, critics awards. Won like five of them, maybe. Didn't win, uh, you know, one, I think one DGA didn't win Globe and went on to winning the Oscar. Um, And so I think it's, you know, it's one of those things like I feel like Chloe Zhao is too much. Chloe Zhao and Nomadland feel like the 1917 of last year where it almost feels too certain that they're going to win. And then you see what happens. I mean, 1917 won director and picture at the Globes and look how the Oscars went. And so, you know, I don't think we have a parasite level kind of waiting behind it, but I do feel like, I feel like we're getting into this territory where it feels too much like a front runner that it's eventually not going to, um, eventually not going to make it into the, like that final spot. Well, not final spot. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then of course, you know, we have films like, I mean, Spike Lee could make it in. Uh, Lee Isaac Chung. That's another one. And actually I'm dropping my final predictions on the 15th. That's one to where I, I gave my top five right now. I could easily see Lee Isaac Chung ju- jumping into the top five. And I know you and I've talked about it, but yep. that Globe win and just how personable and how, you know, how I, he played he played that as, as perfectly as he could. Yep. And so I could definitely see him getting into it. I could, whew, I could see Paul Greengrass getting in. <laughs> um, it could. So if you think back, you you have the the Bradley Cooper Bradley Cooper syndrome, right? You know what I mean. You know, and you have the Ben. Like, I feel like it's the Ben Affleck and Bradley Cooper syndrome, right? You have the guys that are winning or guys that are on every single board of being nominated, and come Oscar morning, they're like, "Who cares that they won DGA? Let's mm-hmm. throw this guy in here." And and that's to me is like that. He is that guy, right? He's that guy that they say. You know, eh, we like Paul Greengrass. Let's go ahead and give him a nomination. Yeah. Um, my so for my one wish, I'm torn between two, but you know what? I'm gonna give it to animation. I, I think it. I knew it. I think Pete Doctor and Kent Powers definitely should be in the conversation. Um, I think what they did with Soul is just it's it's just a change in animation and i think they've done it for so long and they've done it so well for so long and i i think before you know before my life is up i do think we're going to get an animated director into the best director race and i definitely for how much we've got a long ass time for that to happen brother like i mean (laughs) for how much pete doctor has really kind of put into animated films and what he's done i think it would be so cool to see uh to see him get in for what's arguably his his best film, um, so that's going to be my one wish. My second would be Charlie Kaufman, but I'm I'm holding all that to the side. <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, my five: uh, Chloe, Aaron, 
which Sorkin one still bothers me, but mm-hmm. Fincher. I have Chung in right now. My fifth one's where I'm really, I'm really, I'm really unsure. Right. I, I, I would love to see Fennell in. Uh, you know what I mean? I feel like we, you and I talked about this the other day. It, to me, it's very much award worthy, mm-hmm. um, especially Oscar nomination worthy for sure. Um, my feelings aside for one night in Miami, I feel like we've seen, we haven't seen Regina King's best work yet. And that's what exciting to me. And I think Spike Lee, that's the, he's the, I feel like he's the deciding factor, right? I feel like we see Lee, we see Lindo, we see Bozeman, we see best picture. And that to me, oh man, it's funny. Cause like you said, you see Lee King, Fennell, Fincher, Chung, or I'm no, sorry, Lee King, Fennell, Chung, four of those, I could see any one of them making it and any one of them missing relatively easy. Right. Cause me, like you, like you, Zhao, Sorkin, Fincher, top three, land it 1000%. Right. You know what I mean? Just throw away the, throw away the key. That's three. And you know, you have the wild cards, you know what I mean? I would love to see Shaka King on this bad boy. You know what I mean? Like that would be great. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of options that were missing. Darius Martyr. That's another one. Like I would love to see Darius Martyr. Is is it going to happen? Absolutely not. No, that's not my hope and prayer, but um, I'm going to go, I went Bozeman. I'm going to go spike. I, I just feel like for me, Zhao, Sorkin, Spike, Fincher and Chung, that's, that's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go that route. And I think that I'll, in some aspects, people are going to be happy. And then some people are going to be upset, you know, with the, the one woman thing. But I feel like yeah. diversity, that would be great for diversity with Chung, uh, Spike and Chloe. You know what I mean? I feel like that would be a really, that'd be, that's that's gonna be a, that's gonna be one of those hard ones where, um, and you know the tide will rise up against Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher probably. Where I personally, Aaron Sorkin probably not. David Fincher I definitely think should be in there. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be an interesting one uh, if that ends up happening, which well, it's like you said could easily happen. And so for me, like obviously my plan is once the nominations come in for Best Picture, I'm gonna rewatch every single one of them. So. If if we happen to see Mank on that Beck's picture, that means I'll have to revisit it, and maybe I'll have a difference of opinion on it this time. Which I told you, though, my personal opinion, I didn't like it. I thought the score was great. I personally feel like the score in Mank's better than the one in Soul. I personally said that. But I do mm-hmm. think I, I do see the direction factor that played a huge factor. You see Fincher and Mank, right? You know, in period, you do. And that, to me, is why like I didn't personally like the film, but... I love the direction of it, right? You know what I mean? Like people forget to fail to realize you can do these sorts of things. Like mm-hmm. you can love a performance, but hate a movie, right? You know what I mean? It's it's very, well, that's just very easy. But <laughs> Mank, Mank to me, if if Fincher does end up winning, uh, Mank to me would feel like a Roma, a Gravity, a Revenant. Um, I know Birdman won Best Picture, but a Birdman to where it's kind of those wins. Those wins aren't – they're not giving it for the film itself. They're giving it for yeah. what it did. And yeah. I feel like, you know, with how, how you feel about Mank, you know, people say it's boring, um, whatever. He I really do think he captured and was able to kind of pull together um, – that golden age era, you know, 1920s Hollywood um, and tell, you know, a story of, of like a behind the scenes story is of what 
people say is one of the greatest movies of all time. And so I do think there was a lot of technical craft there. Whereas, you know, I don't think it feels a lot like a Fincher film. It doesn't feel like a Zodiac. It doesn't feel like a social network. Um, it doesn't feel like anything like that. But I do think Fincher technically is at is at par or at his best in each yeah. little section. Um, and, and that's why I agree. Because, like, it was a different type of direction that we've. I don't think mm-hmm. we've ever really seen from him. You know what I mean? Obviously, the journey there very personal for him right you know what i mean like you know it's not it's very you know widely talked about that the personal journey with that obviously with being his you know dad's screenplay and stuff like that so you feel you feel the connection through the direction Mm -hmm. yeah like feel the connection through the direction see what i did there guys (laughs) yes but yeah so that's just yeah that that I mean, that, and that's it for me. And that's when I wrote my review. That's exactly what I was talking about. Is that you can feel like that that kind of personality come through it to where like it's it's so funny because Fincher doesn't write screenplays, and he's made sure that he's not going to write screenplays, and he's talked about it a lot. Um, but he really did kind of craft like a love letter to writing and to screenplays and to, you know, one to his father of trying to secure his father's legacy and, you know, create something that he wanted to make, you know, 20 years ago. And so that's, that's where I think, I I feel like with Fincher a lot, there is a kind of like balls to the wall. Like if, if shit gets weird, it gets weird and we're going to roll with it. And I'm going to do a hundred takes until I find the perfect one. And I feel like with this one, I do feel like there was that little bit extra with him that was like, Hey, like I really want to make this like the best film that I can make it because it means that much more to me. And that's, that's what I, that's what at least I saw when watching the movie. And and before we go, one last um, one last note. Um, my hope, prayer, wish, and everything is Florian Zeller for the father. Like that to me, um, uh, his direction. I, I it's one of my favorite films. Where it's, it is my favorite film last year. I, I've seen it. I think I've seen it more times than everybody else in the world collectively get together because it's just not available to anybody. Speaking of which, if you live in Nashville, it is in theaters this Friday, March the twelfth. Um, but, or actually I think it's in theaters worldwide, March the 12th, but go see it, please. Um, if, uh, if SPC wasn't, no, I just, ugh, yeah, yeah just, please. I just don't want to be reminded because it should be yep. nominated at least like seven, eight categories. But yeah. that to me, that's my one wish, one prayer. Zeller's direction in that to me is mind blowing good. So we'll transition over to let's do best actor. All right, and I will kick it off. Oh, man, why did I got to kick this one off? I don't really <laughs> like this one. No, it's not that bad. Um, okay, so I think at the top we're heavy, right? Bozeman, Rizamed, Anthony Hopkins. One, two, three, lock, 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 Christmas tree. But, 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 but from here, it's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. All right, we spoke about, we've spoke several times about the Defy Bloods. What is that going to look like? You know what I mean? We, you know, we've said what we've said about Delroy. Um, Stephen Yoon's in the picture. Gary Oldman's in the picture. Um, Tom, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to um, <laughs> No, I think that's it. 
once would have surprised me if some random person, you know, no offense to Tahir Rahim from the, uh, you know, Mauritanian and whatever it's called, but no offense to that. To me, that's not an Oscar. I don't even understand why I got a Globe nomination. But for me personally, um, it's going to be weird to see Delroy get nominated just because, like, his name has just been nowhere. But he's, it's just Delroy. You know what I mean? It's, it's the name that we talked about. Because me, I, I didn't, I wasn't enamored by the Defy Bloods. And if it gets nominated for Best Picture, I'll rewatch it. Just like you know, I haven't rewatched it. I watched it the one time. wasn't a big fan, but just like with like Mank and stuff like that, there's pieces of it that I did love. And I did love Delroy's performance. It was mind blowing how good it is. Um, and to me, it's crazy to think that at that time I was like, man, he's going to run away. And then we had risen that blow the, you know, blow the socks out the door. Anthony Hopkins, blow the socks out the door. Chadwick Boseman come in there and just say, Hey, hold my beer. You know what I mean? Like it, it was just a crazy turn of events. Now for me, how much does the Academy love Minari? Or and how much do they love Mank, right? That's what it comes down to me with this final slot. And man, I have no clue. <laughs> um, yeah. Personally, I think they lean Oldman. I think I loved Minari. I thought Steven Yoon was okay. I, I mean, he was good. Very, even maybe very good. I, there's one film I do want to revisit again. I, I think Minari is one of the most brilliant pieces. It's one of those films that sits with you for days, months, hours. Like I've seen it one time and it has sat with me ever since, because I feel like it, we talk about often, like what does the best picture represent? And we talk about how trial Chicago seven can be in that picture. We talked in depth about how Judas and the black Messiah could be in that picture as well. Nomad land could potentially be in that picture. But for me, Minari speaks mm-hmm. a lot to the American dream, the, the diversity, the minority, the trying to make it in this country. And it, it, it speaks to that minority level that I've ne- I, not that I've never seen. I'm sure I'm stupid in saying that, but like I'm prisoner of the moment for sure. But it, I loved Minari. Like I, I love Minari. I love talking about Minari. It's that type of film for me that if it won best picture, I would be elated. You know what I mean? Because it is that type of film for me. Like I'm on, I, Charles Chicago seven. I'm not enamored, but I don't, if it wins best picture, it wins best picture. Right. You know, we're, I saw the tweet the other day. I think it was uh, will or whatever post. He's like, well, you know, what, what would happen if the Oscars that would make you just really mad. You'll never watch the Oscars again. We get mad every year at the Oscars and we say, we're never going to watch them again. And we'll be right back here in five months talking about our favorite picks for this coming. We'll get disappointed again and we'll rinse or cycle repeat. But for me, I personally feel like, Minari has a good chance at winning Best Picture if Steven Yeun is went in. But I think they're going to go with Gary Oldman just because I think Mank's going to have 4,395 nominations and maybe just the one win. So, or maybe the tech, they might get some technical wins, but whatever. So, my five Bozeman, Ahmed, Hopkins, Lindo, Oldman. One wish, and I'm going to make it my realistic wish. Um, Ben Affleck, the way back. Um, I I listened to a um a podcast the other day with him on it, and for me, I I was blown away. Um, obviously Scott Feinberg hosts a phenomenal podcast, The Wards Chatter, and I've been listening to a lot of them recently. He had Zendaya on, which is great, and then of course he had Ben Affleck. It was the most raw 
version of Affleck that I've ever heard. You know what I mean? He's not a very guy. He's not a guy that's willing to kind of dig deep in his history. And Feinberg did a great job of really kind of doing that. And the role's personal for him. And you see that in every single aspect of the role. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> Ben Affleck's that guy. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I think I made a tweet the other day that said, uh, I think the way back had one of my favorite character development moments when you saw Ben Affleck washing his hair with a bar of soap. That's exactly the moment where I said, man, this guy is like in some shit. Um, but yeah, so for me, I'm going to go, I think you're right. I think Chadwick Boseman, Riz Ahmed, and Anthony Hopkins are locks, which it blows my mind, and it's so kind of happy for me at the same time to see Riz Ahmed in the lock category because I thought he was going to be what we're seeing from Del Rolando where he kind of goes all the way through critics and then gets pulled out last second. Um, so I think those three are locks. Behind him, I actually – I do have Steven Yoon. Um, I think I think they're going to like Minari enough. I think Yoon Jun Young has just as much a chance as anyone as winning supporting actors. And I think what did it for me was that Steven Yoon got um, – was that Steven Yoon got the SAG nomination and that uh, the film got – SAG nomination too. And so that the, for me, like for them to go out and put, you know, that above some of the others was, I mean, that was something that was like really surprising to me. They put it above, you know, Mank, which Mank's got massive names in it. Um, now for that fifth spot, it's like I said earlier, I don't see, I don't see Bozeman getting in for Defy Bloods and Lindo not getting in. Right. right. Right now, I do have Gary Oldman in the top five. Uh, that could ultimately change if I do any last second. But I think Gary Oldman or Delroy Lindo could be my flip flop of, you know, who gets that last spot, which it, it, it pains me because I, I know it's like you said, you know, you weren't a big fan of Defy Bloods. I don't know anyone who could watch that movie. Yep. And not see that performance and be like, holy shit, like this is it. Which and I'm I will be adamant about it till you know the day I die or stop doing this, whichever one comes first. I think The Five Bloods is the film that suffered the most from not being in theaters. 100%. And I think Delroy is going to be if he misses out, he's going to be the actor that suffers the most from not being in theaters. Because if you think about it, you know, you're sitting, you're sitting in your home you're sitting, you know, with friends and you're watching and you see his monologues right into the camera and you're like, dang, like this is powerful. Now think about sitting in a blacked out theater with, you know, people around you and just a 70 inch screen and he's just speaking into your soul. That is. You, and not to interrupt you, but don't you think that Netflix really missed the boat? Yep. Yes. Theaters are only x and y z amount percent open but they really had a strong chance to put that in theaters amc theaters are open you know what i mean they're open you know what i mean you had a chance to really put that in front of people in a way that really would have captivated them to potentially give that next breath instead of and i understand putting lindo 
everywhere. He's doing interviews everywhere, and he has been. Spike's been kind of out there a little bit too. You know what I mean? Doing the, you know, the, you know the, but he's also Spike Lee. So yeah. So it's, the, the, but that's the difference. It's Spike. They can nominate Spike and director and they're like, it's Spike, right? Mm-hmm. Stella Orlando never been nominated for really anything. You know what I mean? And, and looking at it and it's like, dude, you had a chance to make Lindo a household name. Mm-hmm. That's, have- that's where I think, I think uh, Netflix just had, Really, an embarrassment of riches this year. I think. Yeah, big time. I think they. Ever since. They, ever better, since hope they, Roma, they better hope the Oscars go better than the uh, than the Globes did. For Globes, them, yeah. <laughs> um, I think ever since Roma kind of broke through for Netflix, and then of course you know you've got Roma here, and then you've got last year. I really feel like you know they were they've been award pushing. And they've been trying to push to get more awards. I don't know where Netflix is getting this money from at all. I don't know. I don't know how or why they keep getting the money to make, you know, they'll make Mank and then they'll also make Six Underground for $300 billion. Um, They've got that new rock movie that's going to be $333 more billion. And so I don't know where they keep getting this money, but I think they, I think they have been kind of award pushing. And I feel like, this is just one that kind of got pushed to the back. I feel like Delroy's performance was always to the front. Um, I don't think they knew how to handle this many films. Mm-mm. Exactly. No, not at all. Not not when you have not when you have something that's as clear cut of a front runner as Trial of Chicago Seven. Not when you have something that's David Fincher. Not when, when you have, have Chadwick. Like like it's hard to. It's hard for them because they could have the two front runners for best actor. Like and it's like which one do you, which, mm-hmm. like what you don't want to because you don't want to split it right you know what I mean you don't ever want to worry about that I, to me that's where I think they got really stuck because it was like like Chadwick passed and then it was like oh my god we know where to turn the keys to the city to mm-hmm. right and that's I think and it sucks to say it like that but Chadwick mm-hmm. passing really killed Delroy winning well in in. I, I, think, think, I think Delroy would be could be in the conversation for winning if Chadwick mm-hmm. hadn't passed away. And that's just my personal opinion, but yeah. And I think I think you know, and we've talked about it a lot. I think if well, I'm not going to say if anymore. Um, after the Globe speech, when Chadwick Boseman wins the Oscar, it will go down as a really great performance. That's not going to be something that wins because it was um, like posthumous. Like that's not going to be. One of the cases. It's I just want to throw it out there. Good job on that word. I, I just want to say keep on. Like I kept on wanting to say pass away and 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 died or whatever I wanted <laughs> to say. I just wasn't going to try that word because I yeah. wasn't going to let it come out of my mouth because I was like I I don't know what I'm going to say. I saw I saw the phonication. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but yeah, um, I mean that's I I think his is going to go down as a um, his is going to go down as a. Heath Ledger as a Peter Finch as one of those where after, after they pass, like they, they win for giving a truly great performance on the flip side of that. I think one of the biggest issues was that Chadwick was not talked about really. I'm pretty sure when Defy Bloods came out and they found out how little Chadwick was in it, they kind of wrote him off. Yep. After he passed, 
I really feel like they started pushing that one more as well to try to get Chadwick double nominated, which don't get me wrong. He gives a fantastic performance, a probably an Oscar worthy performance. Mm-hmm. Now that it just, it bothers me because you weren't hearing a lot about him. You were hearing a lot about, um, see, I can't even remember his name because, uh, we haven't been talking about him. Uh, you were hearing a lot about Jonathan Majors. You were oh, hearing a good. lot about Clark Peters. You were hearing a lot about the other supporting cast, you know, especially Jonathan Majors. I thought after the movie came out that Jonathan Majors was going to get a supporting actor nomination. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of heel turning to try to get Chadwick the, that double nomination kind of pulled back from Delroy and they kind of let Delroy coast a little bit. And then you see that, you know, he coasted and then Miss Sag, Miss Globe. And now he's in this kind of weird point where I think if he does, if he wins tonight, I think that catapults him right back into yeah. the conversation. Yeah. If he doesn't win tonight, I don't think he's not going to win BAFTA. He has zero shot at Sag because he's not in it. I think tonight's kind of his last shot to really push himself back into that conversation of getting a nomination. And so I think that's where, I think that's where Netflix kind of had too much on their plate yeah. to where they, 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 they tried, they, they had tried to make to decisions make- and the decisions they, they had to make were, were kind of like, well, damn, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we had to, we had to kind of make the decisions that we did and, and in the long run it ended up kind of biting them in the ass. Yeah. Um, before we move on, my one wish is going to be Mads Mikkelsen for another round. Um, I think he definitely deserved more. That's another one where the kind of uh, the production company just kind of screwed that one over. Um, I mean, we didn't we didn't get the film at all, and I know a lot of other places didn't get to see it a lot. I know they they pushed it in drama at the Globes when I I mean it's. Frankly, it's it's dramatic, but it's, yeah, but it's super got, fun. I mean, it's it's more comedic than I care a lot. <laughs> exactly. And so that's you know what it, that something was brought up to my attention the other day, to where I think it's funny that something like I care a lot is going to be classified as like, and I, I get it's like black comedy, like dark comedy, whatever. Um, but it's funny that that's something that's going to be like pushed for comedy musical at the Globes. And then you got like uncut gems where they were kind of like, no, like you can't push this for comedy. Cause it's not, which frankly it's not, but it's just funny that that there's kind of that like back and forth. It's, between. It's, yeah. They need, consistent, they need consistency there and they don't have it at all. So, but yeah. So Mads Mikkelsen is going to be my kind of one wish. All right. So uh, lead actress, give us your five and then your one wish. So my five, um, I think Carrie Mulligan, Francis McDormand, Viola Davis, and I even think Vanessa Kirby, I think top four, all in, all safe. Don't worry about it. They're good. Yeah, throw away the key. Yeah. Ah, The fifth spot. That is where it starts to get. Give me Rosa Moon. Give me Pike. Give me Pike. I don't think it's hard anymore, to be honest with you. I think you're wrong. Uh, right we now, have the same four. That five is day. Five is day. I have Amy Adams as my five. Wouldn't surprise me. 
I think. Let's break the internet. I think. Give me, that... give me Amy Adams. Give me Hillbilly LG in the best picture. Give me Jared Leto, and let's watch Twitter break. Uh, I think Amy Amy Adams getting the SAG nomination was massive. Um, and I think, God, dude, it's uh, it's so hard because I feel like this one. I feel like this one is a. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a best seven. Um, <laughs> I think Zendaya's falling out um, and the film isn't as good as like, not like as Oscar worthy good as it kind of hoped to be at the beginning. And I think Netflix kind of realized that and they pushed it to the side. The only reason I don't have her completely out is because she was nominated for critics choice. And so I, she still has that kind of that small push um, but really I think it's between Amy Adams and Andre Day. I it's a toss-up right now. It's another one that could change the second before nominations are announced. Right now I have Amy Adams just for star for star quality, for star name, um, because she is who she is, but I wouldn't be surprised seeing Andre Day in there. I think that's it's just that's a it's a difficult category. And it's they're not making it any harder by awarding Andre Day. This is one where I could I could see this category going Andre Day at the Globes. I could see it going Carrie Mulligan tonight. Mm-hmm. I could see it going Viola, Viola Davis at um, you know you got Viola Davis at SAG, or you know actually I see it going Francis McDormand at SAG, and then fuck it. Let's go, go. Let's go. The Crown. Vanessa Kirby at BAFTA. Who cares? <laughs> I think it's gonna be all over the place. Different one, different, different day. Um, and I think I like that just for the Oscars because mm-hmm. there's so many categories. Like e- even even a two person race is a lot better than what we're seeing out of the actor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Chadwick's a lot. I'd say ninety nine point nine percent chance Chadwick wins for me. Like this is kind of like a fun Oscar race because it, it's the actress for me. I could see Day winning the Oscar, right? You know what I mean? And that's the thing. I could see Day winning. I could see McDormand winning. I could see Davis winning. I could see Mulligan winning. I could see Kirby. I don't see Kirby winning, but Kirby's going to be nominated. But um, hope and a dream and a prayer. What is your one wish? My one wish, I'm going to go with um, – this is where I think I'm going to piss you off a little bit. I'm going to go with Jesse Buckley for I'm Thinking of Many Things. I thought she was brilliant, and I loved her so much. And I, she was probably uh, my top actress performance of the year uh, last year. Sorry. And um, that's all I'll say just to, just to hold back on. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Just think about if we did this last year, what I would be saying about Adam Sandler. I This would oh, go on for 45 minutes. Good Lord. Thank God we didn't. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not, we wouldn't be here right now if we had to. Had probably done that. not. I would have probably quit the show by then. Um, this one, this one's hard for me. I, I've got a couple different options, but I think I'm going to surprise you here because I was going to go Pike. I would love to see for I care a lot because I think the performance is phenomenal, but I'm actually going to pick somebody that actually could potentially, but I really feel like they deserve. I think the Zendaya should be in here. I really mm-hmm. do. I really I know. Like, I, I completely agree. I know I think you do. I know you do. And, and, and for me, like, 
the only reason it's my one wish is because I don't think it's going, I don't think she has a chance anymore. Like I think I, Andre day, like I think she really kind of took that spotlight. She needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for that last slot, but for me, I loved Malcolm and Marie. I know there's a lot of controversy around that film. It is what it is. I don't really care. But hearing Zendaya talk about the film, again, I hate to bring up, I, this is this is not the Scott Feinberg cheap plug show. And not, it's not. But Scott Feinberg, please come on my show. But um, for me, like listening to her, how that film was made mm-hmm. and how her and Levinson and David Washington kind of worked on their roles together and the film, like it was written by Levinson, but there was a lot of input by Zendaya and John David Washington into these roles mm-hmm. and how it was rolled out. Um, the words that came out of their mouth, there was all, it was all parties involved. And, and the idea behind making Malcolm and Marie was not just to get everybody. It, it was to help other people that weren't working, get work. Right. You know what I mean? That's the other reason. One of the other reasons why they made the film. I didn't know that, know that because I know there's a lot of films being created out inside the world of COVID and stuff like that. But understanding that they 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 went about it so that they could get some people to get work, you know what I mean? Because Zendaya's like, I wasn't worried, you know. People like her, they're not worried about the pandemic, obviously, because they do have some money, right? You know what I mean? But they were like, they tried to do this, they tried to do projects to get other people working during this pandemic, which I think is amazing. But for me, I understand it's it's she's she's a long shot, so it's not really the one wish thing type thing. But for me, I would love to see it because I love this film. I loved her performance. But to be honest with you, Zendaya is going to win an Oscar one day, regardless. So no, absolutely, absolutely. I think you know. I think um, I think this is kind of this is something that's like really personal to her, and I feel like it's a lot. It's really personal to her in the same way that probably Cherry is personal to Tom Holland, where. Cherry's much worse film, like just as a film itself. But in both performances, it's kind of them trying to break the mold of what they usually are. Um, Zendaya and Tom are both trying to like prove that they are real actors rather than just being kids on, you know, an MCU movie. And so, um, you know, Tom has no shot because Cherry's was just abysmal at times. But I feel like for Zendaya, and then she, you have chaos I, walking. I feel like for Zendaya, like <laughs> she actually does have at least a little bit of a shot, just because she is kind of an it girl, and she has been very vocal about can the I, film. Can I? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Can we? I, I, I'm all about her being in the Spider-Man world, right? Mm-hmm. Can we get her out of there? I'm not saying she's not great in it. And I'm not, I think I but, think she I think she is playing it as well as you could. I think yeah, she's playing I, it a I lot just, better. I just feel like she's for me. I mean, obviously, those films take a while to make. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? My me saying that is not saying by any means that she's not good or I don't want her in them. I just feel like certain actors, like Tom Holland, to me, I'm not picking on Tom Holland. I kind of am, but I'm not like. Tom Holland is good, right? You know what I mean? He's perfect for Spider-Man. I don't know if Tom Holland's a leading man. And I'm not, it's Cherry was, Cherry was a disaster, not because of him. Mm-hmm. He could have been really, really good in that had, had they knocked the film down about an hour. But I don't know if Tom can be that person. 
And, mm-hmm. and for me, Zendaya is that person. She is it to me. Like she has it, you know, and I, I wasn't a huge fan of Euphoria. I don't think it's that great, but again, it's not, it's it to me. I think it's a good show, but her performance in the show is what really stands out because that's what, that's the first time I really saw her was in something like that. Because even if you like watch Spider-Man a little bit, you're like, man, who's that? You know what I mean? It's, she's not groundbreaking in Spider-Man because you don't re- you don't really ever see groundbreaking performances in hokey style superhero films. You do in like, you know, Batman, you know, Batman Begin, the, the, the Nolan trilogy, Logan. When they get serious, then you can see great performances. But I don't think Tom Holland has it. I don't mean to go into Tom Holland rant here, but Zendaya for me, like I, I just... I just, I want the best for her. I want it all. I want her to win fifteen Oscars. Won't happen. But whatever. This is this is my uh, this is my cheap plug to say that if you haven't watched the Euphoria special part one, Coleman Domingo and Zendaya gave two of the best performances of last year. Coleman Domingo, I think, gave my top performance of anything last year, and Zendaya was right behind. I think they are absolutely fantastic and if you haven't seen part one of euphoria i know you said um you know you weren't a huge fan of euphoria it's so different than um than anything that euphoria is the actress at at the uh, critics choice who did bakova there we go she's in i'm telling you i'm telling you this is j-lo i'm telling you she's going this She's gonna about. keep riding the wave. All right, let's get the picture. Okay. Uh, all right. How many nominees do you think we have? I'm making. I'm putting you in the spot right now. How many nominees do we got? Eight. That's what. Oh, man, you're an asshole. Now I want to go to different number just because. I'm gonna go nine just because now. I want to. I was gonna say nine. <laughs> um. All right. But so when, both, when you hear my eight, it don't make sense. All right. So let's just kind of go over them together. We both have Nomad. We're just gonna go. Just say yes. We'll say yes to both. Nomadland. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Chicago. Charles. 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 Seven. Yes. yes. Minari. Yes. One Night in Miami. Yes. My Rainey's Black Bottom. Yes. Mank. Yes. Um, I'm kind of trying to, I'm kind of guessing a little bit now. Um, you said you had eight. Hang on. You have Soul? Nope. Okay. Promising Young Woman. Sorry, Promising yes. Young Woman. Yeah. Yes. Three, four, five, six. I'm, this is my get, me getting trying to guess all of his. Hang on. So we had you're missing had, a big one. Am I? Mm-hmm. Nomadland, Charles Chicago Seven. Oh, Defy Bloods. Well, yes, but you're missing an even bigger one. My Rainey's One Night in Miami, Nomadland. Yep. Wait, you already said My Rainey. Yeah, I thought I said My Rainey. Oh, I. Oh, okay. I yeah. must have gone. Yeah, okay. that was the one I was talking about. Okay, all right, so, so Nomadland, Charles Chicago Seven, Minari, Defy Bloods, One Night in Miami, My Rainey's Promising a Woman, and Mank. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my father, or that's my eight. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna throw in a ninth just because I'm throwing in the father. You know what I mean? Really? Wow, that's your ninth. Okay, see, my ninth is Judas and the Black Messiah. I think that's like the closest one that's gonna miss. I think that to me, I really feel like what what do you what would you consider like the five locks, right? Nomad Land, Charles Chicago Seven, Minari, Ma So Rainer. my my five locks right now, um, I'm going to give six because I think there are six locks. Okay. I think my six locks are Trial of Chicago 7 and Nomadland. I think it's really just between those two. Um, then you got, I think, One Night Miami's a lock. Ma Rainey's a lock. 
Uh, Minari's a lock. I think Promising Young Woman's a lock. I think that has gained enough steam and enough support that I, I think out of everything, I think the weirdest thing that that could happen Oscar morning is if promising young woman missed. And that's just, that's just for me personally. I think promising young woman has been one of those films that every, every chance it gets, it surprises you. And I think it's finally time to start recognizing like, Hey, this is a real contender. Like this isn't just like, this isn't just like a movie anymore. Like this is, I mean, everyone said with, um, when it came to, uh, when it came to the Globes, they were all surprised that Fennell got in, screenplay got in, it got in for uh, Best Picture. And, you know, I think it's time to finally start recognizing it as this is like, like this is a film that needs to be reckoned with. And that's, I think, and especially when it comes to BAFTAs, um, I mean, I think it's going to do tremendously well at BAFTAs. And so I think Promising a Woman, for me, I would be surprised if those, if one of those six did not make it. And then of course, outside of that, you've got the five bloods and you've got Mank. Mank to me feels more like a, we're going to nominate it for 10 plus categories. So we're going to throw it into picture as well, just because we can. Um, I don't think, I think there's been a lot of times over the critics awards where it's like Mank leads in nominations. Mank misses best picture. Um, Weird. I, I don't think I don't think it's going to miss picture. I think it could miss picture, but I I think especially if it misses picture, that, then it's like everything else is off the table. I think. Yeah, I think I think this is a film that's going to be more like a Mad Max Fury Road, um, more like a uh, The Irishman, more something like where it's nominated. It's nominated for eight. Uh, for eight technical categories, because it's that technical, they're going to throw in director, and then because it's got director and all those technicalities, they're going to throw in picture. Um, and then of course, you got Seyfried and Oldman who could easily get in. Yeah. Um, I still think Seyfried could win. Um, but I think Mank would be that kind of like we're going to throw this in because it has so much. I agree. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this. Jacob and I, we've kind of been doing this series. We've done, I think, like one a month leading up to the nominations, at least. Um, We have next week's show will be the Oscar nominations. We're going to be doing a live show during them, so make sure to tune in during that. But after that, leading up to the Oscars, we have a show specific for the supporting roles, the um, actor roles, the director and picture. And we have a host of guests that are going to be on with us. And we're very, very excited about that. We've reached out to people all over the film world and they're going to be on here with us talking the Oscar wins and um, what we think is going to win and stuff like that. So I'm very, 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 very excited about that. So I would just want to thank everybody for tuning in and joining us each and every week during this Oscar season. Hold tight because we still have another month and a half, but mm-hmm. um you know, as always, we appreciate the support. Make sure to check out the musiccitydrivein.com. Jacob's final, 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 final predictions um, are coming soon for the nominations. Make sure to check those out. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>